0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا بيهده الله فلا مضلله وما يضلل فلا له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد in Ahsan al Kalami kalamullah Khira al Huda Huda Muhammadin Sallallahu Alihi Wasallam. Wain Sharra al Umuri Muhtata Tu Ha Wakullah Muhtatin Bidah Wakullah Bidda Tin Dalala Wakulla Dalala Tin Finna. In the previous uh, lessons we spoke about two of the major symbols of belief that are connected to our belief in the last day, Yomul Qiyamah. And these two symbols are belief in the scales, Al-Mizan, and likewise belief in the pool, Al-Hawd, the pool of the Prophet Wasallam. Today we begin another such major symbol of our belief. And so al Islam says, in what is ascribed to him in this poem, وَكَذَا السِّرَاطُ يَمُدُّ فَوْقَ جهنم فَمُسَلَّمُ وَآخَرُ And the translation of this means, And likewise, I believe and I affirm the bridge which extends over the hellfire. And either one is made safe and delivered or... One is forsaken and made to fall. So he's expressed the belief in the sirat, in the bridge over hellfire, in this way. It extends over hellfire, and either you will be one who is saved, or one who will be neglected and abandoned and left, and thus he will fall and perish. So regarding this, we'll start first of all with a very brief explanation from Sheikh Saleh. As-Suhaymi, Hafizahullahu Ta'ala. And so the Shaykh says that he affirms in this line of poetry the obligation of believing in the Sirat. <coughs> what is this Sirat? The Sirat is a bridge that is positioned and fixed over hellfire. And we have heard, as the Shaykh says, we have heard in the verses in Surah Maryam in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, wa in minkum illa wa كَانَ عَلَىٰ رَبِّكَ حَتْمًا ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا وَنَذَرَ الظَّالِمِينَ فِيهَا وَنَذَرُ This means that there is none amongst you except that he will pass over it. It is something binding, determined from your Lord. And then we will deliver those who had taqwa. We will save those who had taqwa. And we shall leave the oppressors, the wrongdoers, therein. So here this is a bridge, the shaykh says, which is small in its size. It is small and narrow in its size, in in its build. However, the believers will be firm upon it. And the prophets will be making a dua as the people are passing over this bridge the prophets will be making a supplication they will be saying allahumma sallim sallim allahumma sallim sallim o allah save save o allah save save and the people will pass over to the extent of their actions so amongst them as we shall read in the various ahadith that are to follow inshallah ta'ala amongst them are those who will pass like the flash of lightning. And amongst them are those who will pass like very fast uh, horses. And amongst them are those who will, fa- who will pass like the wind, like a swift wind. And amongst them are those who will walk swiftly. And amongst those who will, and so they will slow down as we go further and further to the extent of, the, of their deeds. And there are some of those who will be snatched by the thorns and the spikes, and he will fall into the fire and refuge is with Allah. So the shaykh says, we ask Allah to make us and you to be from those who are able to pass the, the bridge with safety and beware and take note of the supplication of the prophets, how it will be. Allahumma sallim, sallim, oh Allah save, oh Allah save. And then the Sheikh says, that this sirat, therefore, is something that is true and real. Because it is true and real, it is wajib to believe in this. And we see in the Qur'an, وَإِمْ مِنكُمْ illa There is none amongst you except that he will pass over it. And so this is a bridge. Hellfire is divided into two. It passes over the hellfire. And so people will pass and they will pass in accordance with their actions. And then the shaykh just finishes very briefly by saying that there are people who disbelieve in this bridge, in the Sirat, from the Mu'tazila and other than them. And in contrast to what they believe, we affirm that this bridge is firmly fixed, the people will pass over it, it will not harm the believers, the believers will not be harmed. And they will pass over it just like a person would use to perform the salah In the life of this world So the effort That one of you puts Into making the salah In the life of this world Then in the similar manner He will pass over that bridge If his deeds are righteous And then he says As for those who are the disbelievers Then they will not be able to pass over the bridge And they will fall, fall therein and We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us and you from the terrors of that day so this is a very brief comment from Sheikh Saleh Al sahimi and then for the more detailed uh, explanation uh, first of all Imam Al Tabari uh, a definition of a bridge first as sirat as sirat actually means at tariq at tariq means a path or a way A tariq al mustaqim a straight path and a straight way and al tabari says rahimullah ta'ala that the entire nation, the entire Muslim nation is agreed, those who are from the people who give explanations, that the word as-siratul mustaqim is a clear and apparent path, a straight path, which has no crookedness therein. There is no crookedness therein. And this is the meaning of as-sirat in the language of all of the Arabs. And as for the meaning, this is the meaning linguistically of the word sirat, But as for in the Sharia, in terms of these texts that mention the Sirat, then Ibn Hajar, he says in Fathul Bari, it is a bridge, refers to a bridge, which is affixed over hellfire, so that the Muslims may pass over it towards paradise. So paradise is at the end, the other side of the bridge, beneath which is the hellfire. So what are the evidences? You heard the verse in the Qur'an, there is none amongst you except that he will pass over it. It doesn't actually mention a bridge, but this understanding we gain by referring back to the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So we have numerous ahadith. Let us read through these ahadith because in these ahadith there is an admonition for us all. So first of all, from Jabir bin Abdullah anhu. Who said that the messenger He mentioned in a hadith, a long hadith In which the messenger of Allah <laughs> was He said That On this bridge over hellfire There are thorns And spikes There are thorns and spikes And they will take whomever Whomever Allah wills for them to take In other words, they will Lacerate and harm Whomever allah wills should be lacerated and harmed on account of his sins of course and then allah say then the, the messenger said so he says alla jisru jahannama fihi wa hasakun man thumma nurul then the light of the hypocrites will be extinguished what does this mean this means that the munafiqeen, that the, the, the believers and the munafiqeen, they will be on the, on the bridge, they will pass over the bridge. And when the munafiqeen set upon the bridge, it is then that their light will be extinguished, will be extinguished. Why? Because their light in the life of this world, their iman was not genuine. And so in the hereafter, that light will be extinguished, just like they had no iman in reality in the life of this world. So the light of the hypocrites will be extinguished wayanjul minun, and the believers will be delivered and saved fatanju zumratin wujuhuhum so the first group of people who will be saved who will pass over the bridge the, the first group their faces will be like the moon in illumination like the moon the full moon on an empty empty night, on a clear night. سَبْعُونَ أَلْفًا لَا يُحَاسَبُونَ They are the 70,000 who will not be held to account. 70,000 who will not be called to account. And in fact, we see in another hadith, we are informed that these 70,000 are the ones who reach a level of perfection in their Tawheed. Their Tawheed reaches a level of perfection whereby... They do not ask other people to make ruqya upon them, nor do they believe in omens, nor do they resort to cauterization, which is the, the burning of the wound. And this indicates their perfect and complete tawakkal upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we see that in this hadith, there is a connection between this, the other hadith, that those who will pass over first. Their faces will be bright and illuminated like the moon on an empty night. And there will be 70,000 who will not be called. They will be the 70,000 who will not be called to account. Then those who follow them, their light will be like the lights of the stars in the sky. This is reported by Imam Muslim in his Sahih. And likewise, the hadith of Abu Hurairah. Anhu, who said that there will be a bridge appointed and fixed over hellfire? The messenger of Allah he said, And I will be the first one who will pass over. And the call of the messengers, the dua of the messengers on that day will be Allahumma Sallim. Allahumma Sallim. They will be making dua for their people. Oh Allah, save! Oh Allah, safety! Oh Allah, safety! and with it there will be thorns and spikes which are like the spikes of sa'dan have you not seen the spikes of sa'dan and they said indeed the companion said indeed o messenger of allah so he said for indeed they are like the spikes and thorns of sa'dan except no one knows their true size and extent except for allah and they will snatch the people they will snatch the people off this bridge to the extent of their deeds. So amongst them will be one who will be destroyed, perished by way of his deeds. And amongst them is the one who will be harmed, but he will be saved. So he will be harmed by those thorns and spikes, but he will pass over the bridge and be saved. And from Abu Sa'id, this hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari, and Abu Sa'id in Al-Khudri, radiyallahu anhu, who said that the Prophet ﷺ said, there will be brought a bridge, and it it will be placed between the two sides of hellfire. And we said, O Messenger of Allah, what is this bridge? They said, it is a slippery, it is a, a difficult, slippery type of bridge. Upon it, there are places where a person may slip, and spikes, and thorns. And spikes which are broad and flat. And they have hooks. And they are like, just like those thorns which you find in Najd. And it is said, Sa'adan, like a place called Sa'dan. The believer, when he passes over it, will be like the blinking of an eye. And like the flash of lightning. And like the swift wind. And like the swift horses unlike the riders who ride on horses. And therefore there will be a najin musallamun, one who is saved and he passes in complete safety. And there is one who is lacerated and harmed. And there is one who is cut and then is thrown into the hellfire. So there's three types of people. The one who passes the one who passes musallamun najin he reaches the other side he's completely free there is one who is lacerated and harmed from the spikes and thorns which are to the extent of his sins that remain which have not yet been purified and then there is one who is cut and lacerated and in the fire the hell fire, the, the, the fire of hell and then he says uh and then to the end of the hadith, this is reported in Al Bukhari. So, ya Ikhwan a person, his sins are removed by many different uh, reasons. There are ten reasons that Shaykh al Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentions. Ten reasons by way of which a sins, the sins of a person are removed and he's forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From them are Al Istighfar. He says, Astaghfirullah. From them is Toba to Allah, where He makes Tawbah. He repents from his sin. He seizes his sin. He feels remorseful for his sin. He resolves never ever to to do it again. This is tawbah. And then he works good deeds. Deeds which compensate and remove the evil deeds. All of these three, they come from the servant's own actions. Then there is the dua of the believers. When another person makes dua for you, he makes dua that Allah forgives you. Allah overlooks your sins, Allah pardons you. So the dua of another Muslim. Uh, there is also the good deeds that another person does on your behalf. Because there are certain actions a person can do on behalf of another person. Like the hajj and the umrah and giving Sadaqa, and affairs of this nature, which are mentioned and specified in the text. That's the second thing. And the third thing is intercession. Al-Shafa'ah Which is either in this world Which is the funeral prayer The janazah that we pray for a Muslim Or on Yawm Al-Qiyamah When the prophets will intercede And the angels and the righteous and so on and so forth So all of these three They come from someone other Than the person himself Righteous deeds which are granted to him Are done on his behalf Supplication which is made for him Or the intercession on Yawm Al-Qiyamah That's the second set of three the third set of three is in relation to the trials and tribulations that a person faces. In the life of this world, when he's ill or sick, or there is death or calamity in his, in his, in his family, in his uh, wealth, in, his, in his, uh, you know, his health and so on and so forth. There's calamities. And there, secondly, in the Bazar, when you are in the grave, there is punishment in the grave. And then the third one on Yomul Qiyamah, the terrors on Yomul Qiyamah. And the things that will take place on Yomul Qiyamah. The the calamities are of three in three places the life of this world, the Bazarq and Yomul Qiyamah. All of these also remove the sins of a person. And so therefore when we read in this hadith, when we read in this hadith that the people will be either someone who is Najin Musallamun, this means that this is a person who passes over and all of his sins has been, have, been, have been removed, have been forgiven. Either you know, through, through all the ways and the means that we mentioned before. So you should hope, my dear brother and sister Muslim, that you are from those people who comes on Yawm Al-Qiyamah whilst having no sins. Because on that bridge, that bridge as we see from the Messenger of Allah, that this is slippery, and it has thorns, and it has spikes, and a person will be snatched and harmed to the extent and degree of his sins. So, so in other words, woe be to you if you are from those people who is not the najin musallamun, rather you are from those who are affected by the spikes and snatched by the spikes. Well, yadu billah. And the tenth of those ten things that we forgot to mention is after all of those nine things, there only remains the mercy, the pure mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by which he grants you forgiveness and success. Also we have the hadith of Abi Sa'id in Al-Khudri again. The last hadith was in Al-Bukhari. And in this hadith, the people will be uh, put and presented. And there will be a bridge over hellfire and upon it are thorns and spikes And these will snatch the people And so the people will pass some of them like the lightning Others like the swift wind Others like a fast horse Others will walk swiftly Others will walk, will, will, will run swiftly Others will walk briskly And others will be crawling And others will be snatched So as for the people of the fire They will never die, nor shall they live forever. And as they will be in a state between death and life. And as for the people, then they will be taken to the extent of their sins. To the extent of their sins, they will be snatched, and they will burn, and they will become like the burnt coal. And so there's numerous ahadith in this regard. Uh, We'll finish with one more hadith. He reports by Ahmed from Aisha عنها, who said that, I said to the Messenger of Allah, is there on al Qiyamah, will a person remember any other person? Will a Habib remember a Habib? In other words, when there is love, the ties of love between two people, like we have ties of love between a man and his children, or a man and his wife, or a man and his sons, or a man and his daughters, or a man and his brother, or a man and his brother for the sake of Allah in the Deen. Will a Habib remember his Habib on Yomul Qiyamah? And the Messenger of Allah said, He said, Ya Aishatu, Amma Thalathin, <laughs> Fala. He said, There are three situations on Yomul Qiyamah where the Habib will not remember the Habib. He will forget everything, even his beloved. Either in the Mizan, at the Mizan, the scales, when they either become heavy or light, then no, he will not remember his Habib. Or either when the scrolls are presented, when they are opened and everyone sees, everyone sees what's in his scroll. And then he's either given it in his right hand, or he's given it in his left hand, then no. The Habib will not remember his Habib. Or when the flames, when you see the flames coming from the fire, coming out, and you see the the flame coming, and they see it raging, they see the rage of the flame, and that flame will say that I have been entrusted with three things, the flame, with anyone who claimed a lord and a deity besides Allah, and i 've been entrusted with the one who did not believe in the day of accounting the day that there will, there will everyone will be accounted, and I've been entrusted with every jabbar jabbar anid, with every arrogant, stubborn opposer to the truth, so he says, so then this uh, uh, flame. Will encompass them, and they will be thrown therein. And he continues, and hellfire has a bridge which is sharper than a hair, or thinner than a hair and sharper than a sword, and upon it are spikes and thorns, and they will take whomever Allah wills, and the people will pass thereover like the, f- the blinking of an eye, or like the flash of lightning, or like the wind. Or like the speedy horses and the, ry- r- the 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 riders and the angels will say Rabbi Salim, Rabbi Salim. And the angels will, will make, make dua Oh Allah save, save. Fanajin Musallamun Musallamun ala wajhi." And so therefore there will be either the one who is delivered and safe. He passes safe and delivered. Or there will be the one who is harmed and lacerated but he will still be saved. And there will be the one who is thrown and turned on his face into the hellfire. And so these are some hadith which establish the belief of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jamaa regarding the bridge. We have some statements from some of the scholars, uh, such as uh, Safarini, who says in Lawami Il anwar that the sirat is something about which authentic narrations have come, and it is treated to be upon its apparent meaning, that which we read and we see, apparently, this is exactly what is intended, that it is indeed a real and true bridge, this is what it means, that the descriptions given are indeed true and real, that it has thorns and spikes, that will affect the believers, all of this is true and real, without any ta'wil, we don't make any explanations that explain away this clear apparent meaning, any figurative metaphorical explanations. And we see that these, these Ahadith are established in the two Sahihs the, of Bukhari and Muslim, and in the Musnad and the Sunan. Like in the Musnad of Ahmad and the Sunan of the, the, the authors of the Sunan. And likewise, these Sahih compilations, in such a way that it cannot be enumerated. Meaning that this Sirat bridge has so many Ahadith which are abundant, that a person cannot really encompass all of that. It is a bridge, Established over the middle of hellfire, all of the creation will pass over it, and how they pass over it, they will vary in their ability to pass over. And this is the end of the statement of Safarim. Now this Sirat, as we've read, it has a description, it's been given a description, and this description has come from some of the uh, sahaba radhiyallahu Anhum, that it is sharper than a sword, and it is narrower than a the hair. And we see that Imam al Ta'ala in his book, Al sharia likewise, Al-Hakim and others, and we see it narrated in some of the ahadith which do not reach the level of authenticity. Uh, but collectively, all together, we indicate that this description has been authentically narrated from the Sahaba in general. So we can accept and affirm this description. So from them is what is reported by al Ajurri Al-Hakim and Al-Bayhaqi. Uh, from Anas bin Malik Anhu that upon hellfire is a bridge, الشعر, uh, الش- uh, وأحدو وأحدو that upon uh, hellfire is a bridge which is sharper, الشعر, sharper than uh, sorry, uh, thinner than a hair السيف, which means sharper than a sword so thinner than a hair and sharper than a sword and from ibn mas'ud Anho, we have the similar statement and you know also from other scholars at-tabarani al mundri so it's narrated by many different uh, uh, authorities so we can say that this description is something narrated by way of the companion so we can accept it as being correct and true so this means that there's ijma there is a consensus on affirmation of this bridge and the scholars say that the the, the word is united and agreed upon affirmation of the bridge in general. However, the people of truth, they affirm it upon its apparent meaning, that it is a true and real bridge, extended over hellfire, sharper than a sword, thinner than a hair. And we see that there are those from the Mu'tazila who have rejected this, and many of their followers, and they deny the fact that it is something that a person can walk over, and that's something by which a person should be punished by, because they claim that this would be, would be incorrect and unjust. Uh, because the believers will not be punished as they claim on yawmul qiyamah And what they claim is that this bridge is really, what it really means is that it is just the bridge that leads to paradise. That's all it is, nothing else. And then they bring an ayah in the Qur'an, and then some of them say that it is just simply a bridge that leads to hellfire. For those who are going to hellfire, and then you know the, they try to twist verses from the Quran uh, to this end. However, all of this is incorrect. What is correct is that it is a true and real bridge. And likewise, Al-Qurtubi he has a statement. He says that whoever, uh, some of the people, they began to say that, or uh, the people who say that it is sharper than a sword and thinner than a hair. Then all of this comes back down to that what this indicates is. The ease and difficulty with which a person passes over the bridge So for some, it will be sharper than a sword and thinner than a hair And for others, it will not be like that Rather, it will be very easy for them to pass over the bridge And uh, likewise, he continues and says in 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 another place that it is obligatory to believe in all of that, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who is able to hold the birds in the sky. He can make the birds fly in the sky. Then such a one is likewise able to hold the believer over the bridge and make him pass over the bridge in complete safety. And so we believe in this, in reality exactly as the texts say, We do not turn away from the haqeekah, from the true and real apparent meaning to any metaphorical, physical meaning. Rather, we say exactly as what the athar, the narrations have come, and we affirm it exactly as it has been said, and we say as Allah says, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَجْعَلِ اللَّهُ لَهُ نُورًا فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ نُورًا That for, for whomever Allah does not give nur, does not give light, then there will not be any light. Meaning, this is referring again to, uh, or it can be referred it can be used to refer to Yomul qiyamah as well. That Allah will not make nur for people on the bridge on Yomul qiyamah such as the hypocrites. So this now brings us to another issue, uh, 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 an issue that relates to the word, the verse in the Quran that we use, the verse which is a proof in the Quran, Wa im minkum illa There is none amongst you except that he will pass over it. Kana ala hatman maqdiya that it is something binding, determined from your Lord, that you will indeed pass over the bridge. There's an issue, which is what does this word mean, that is referred to in this ayah, uh, al wurud Does it mean passing over the bridge, or does it mean entering into the fire? So the scholars have differed over the meaning of of what this word, wurud, what it actually means. And so when we go back to the explanation of Imam al-Tabari, he has a discussion of this, and so to cut, to make it short and not prolonged, I uh, will summarize the entire discussion. Uh, what he says is that some of the scholars have said it means ad-dukhul. It means ad-dukhul. There is none amongst you except that he will enter into it. duḥul. And some of them say al-wurud. Or Al-Murur, which means passing over, passing over it. And they bring some narrations uh, from the Sahaba to show that it is a bridge that people will pass over. And others say that it is Dukhul, because they understand it to mean that this Dukhul is in reference to the Kuffar, specifically the non-Muslims, rather than the believers. And this is from the statement of Ikrimah and other them, And others say that it it means mean which means to pass over the bridge, and this incorporates everybody, the mu'min and the kafir. The believer and the kafir, except that the kafir, he will make duhul, he will enter into the fire. And as for the believer who is saved, he will make murur, he will pass over. And as for the sinful believer, he will make murur, and then he will make duhul, he will pass over, and then he will fall into the fire but eventually he will be removed, he will be saved. So, what the essence of the discussion is, if we cut the whole discussion and we summarize it, the essence is that no matter how you look at it, whether you interpret the verse to mean al-murur, which means to pass over, or al-wurud, or whether you say ad-dukhul, which means to enter into the fire, then all of these meanings can be correct when we look at the explanation from the various ahadith when we understand that yes, the kuffar will fall into the fire. There are the believers and everybody will pass over it. Everybody will pass over and there will be believers who will be saved and there will be believers who will enter into the fire. So no matter how we look at this, the interpretation can all come together and there's no conflict at all and, and it can be reconciled. And then At-Tabri brings some narrations, some of which we mentioned before, uh, from them from Hafsa, who said that the Messenger of Allah <laughs> said, Indeed, I hope that no one who witnessed the battle of Badr and Hudaybiyyah will enter into the fire. So Hafsa said, O Messenger of Allah <laughs> Has not Allah said, وَإِمْ minkum illa وَارِدُهَا There is none amongst you except that he will pass over it or enter it. So then or pass over it. And then the messenger replied, so the messenger said in response, Have you not heard Allah saying? And then he mentions the completion of the verse. Then we shall save and deliver those who had taqwa, and we shall leave the wrongdoers and oppressors to to fall to fall therein. And this brings us to the end of the, uh, the end of the discussion of At-Tabari. And this brings us also to an end of the explanation here. And we can move and finish our discussion, inshallah ta'ala, by a very beautiful passage from Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala in his book, Madariju Salikin. <coughs> At the beginning of this book, this book, uh, this book, Madariju Salikin, is an excellent and amazing book. And the entire book in three volumes is an explanation of one verse in Suratul Fatiha, which is uh, إِيَاءَكَنَعْبُدُ وَإِيَاءَكَنَسْتَعِينَ. So it written three volumes, more than maybe eighteen hundred pages, just in explanation of this, of this, of this, uh, of, this uh, of this one ayah. And so he's speaking here about the verse إِحْدِنَ السِّرَاقَ الْمُسْتَقِيمَ. Guide us to the straight path, and so it runs for about a page, inshallah, so go to uh, a page and a half. But it's connected to our topic, and it has a very nice admonition. So we'll finish our lesson, inshallah, to Allah, by a translation of this speech. So he says, from the statement of Allah, Mustaqim." He says, "Al-Hidaya, this guidance that Allah is speaking of here, is of two types." It is the guidance of al bayan wa al bayan wa And then after this, it is the guidance of al-tawfiq wal-ilham. So he's divided guidance being mentioned in this ayah, the guidance that we are asking from Allah, to be in two categories. The first is when Allah, He shows you and gives you the guidance, and shows you the direction. So this is guidance in terms of ilm in terms of knowledge that you are made to know and that you are made to understand that the path is this. So all of this is in terms of ilm, that the knowledge has now come to you. And then there is the guidance of wal ilham, which means when Allah actually gives you success and he inspires you to follow this path, to be on this path. So after knowing it and understanding it, there is another level of guidance that is still still a servant still needs, and that is being given success and guidance from Allah in remaining on the path. And this comes after the first level of guidance. And there is no path to the guidance of al-bayan wa al-dilala except by way of the messengers. It is only the messengers who can show you and direct you to what this path actually is in terms of knowledge this can only come from the messengers so when the gu- so when this guidance has been acquired from the messengers where they have learnt in knowledge and ta'rif they are acquainted with what this what this path is then following on from that is the guidance of tawfiq meaning the guidance which comes from Allah Allah the one who gives success to a servant in putting iman in the heart And loving Iman, and this Iman being beautified in the heart, and then this Iman having an effect upon the person. A person is pleased with this Iman, and he desires and aspires for this Iman. So, these two types of guidance the guidance in terms of knowledge and the guidance in terms of action they are two independent types of guidance, and a person is only guided if he is given both of these two guidances. Because many a people, they know the truth, and they know the path, but they don't act upon the path. As we shall see later, either because of Shubuhat, doubts and misconceptions, or because of shahawat, the lusts and the desires. So he says that these two guidances are two separate guidances. Only A person only achieves success when he has them both. When he has them both. So when both of them come together, then there are many things which are included. They include the knowledge of what we know of the truth in a general sense and a specific sense. They include us being inspired by Allah to this this path and acting upon this path. And Allah making us in our hearts that we wish and desire to follow this path. And then Allah giving us the power and the ability, the qudra, to actually act what this path requires from us. In speech and in action, and in a person's amali wal azam In speech, action, and in motivation. In having the firm determination to follow this path. And then remaining steadfast upon all of that. And Allah giving us firmness upon that up until we die. So in other words, he said that these two types of guidance, that all of these things are, are packaged together within this guidance that only comes when these two types of guidance are, are brought together for a servant. And then he mentions an amazing point and he says that from here, a servant will come to realize that when he makes this dua, اِهْدِنَا السِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ that a servant is in need of this dua over every other need, every other need that you have, every other necessity that you have in your life, that this dua, he is more in need of this dua at every moment than every other necessity. And he says it shows the falsehood of anyone who claims that if we have been guided, if we are already guided, how then can we be people in need of guidance how then can we ask for guidance if we are already muhtadeen then ibn al-qayyim explains he says he says that the knowledge which we are ignorant of is multiple times more than that which we have of knowledge of the truth right and this is something every person he can say to himself he can ask himself how much of the deen do i actually know and he will and if he's honest to himself he will say a very very small minute percentage right so this is the first reality he says that that which is Majhul is multiple times more of that which is ma'loom that which we know of the truth then he says so from that small bit that we do know of the truth he says that which we do not have a desire to act upon out of pure laziness and pure neglect is at least the same as what we do wish to desire, desire to act upon from what we know, right? So in other words, if we say for argument's sake, we have 2% of, of, of the ilm, of the truth, then what Ibn al-Qayyim is saying, that from that 2%, that which we have a desire to act upon, actually desire to act upon, might only be half of that. Might only be 1%. Or even less than 1%. Because we know many things. If everyone looks at his knowledge, he knows that he knows many many things. About the truth, about Islam, about the sunnah, about righteous deeds, about avoiding evil deeds. We all know that in terms of knowledge. But is there an irada in our heart to actually act upon that. So when we take that knowledge that we have, the 2% by example, then we find really that if we are generous, we can say that 50% of that, we actually have an irada to act upon. That's if we are generous. right? And the rest, we actually don't even have an irada to act upon it, even though we know it. And then he says, that that which we know in a general sense, there are many things we know only in, in the general detail. But we don't know the specific details in relation to that issue. So we are in need of being guided to those specific details. So for example, it could be a matter of belief. We only know in a general sense. It could be a matter to do with the rulings. A matter to do with the rulings to do with purification, the prayer, marriage, divorce, whatever else. We only know the general fuzzy details. We are in need of the specifics and the details. We need to be guided to those details. So when we start looking about, we start looking at the situation in this way. We quickly come to realise that the amount of guidance a person needs—it something it's, 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 he, some, he can't actually, uh, you know, he can't actually put a uh, something specific on 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 his guidance. He is in need of uh, an untold amount of guidance in his affairs. This is how the shaykh says, uh, Ibn al-Qayyim says, that it's something that you cannot uh, enumerate and comprehend. This therefore shows, that a person is in need always of complete guidance, in all of his affairs. And as for those people, who they reach a level of perfection, let's say that there are people, who've reached a level of perfection in all of these affairs then he is still uh, in need of asking for guidance. Why? Because he needs guidance, because he, he needs tathbeet, he needs to be made firm and to remain upon that path in that way. And persistence and continuance upon that path. Now this is what connects this passage from Ibn al-Qayyim to our discussion. And he says, "Wālil-hidāyatū مَرْتَبَةٌ أُخْرَىٰ but this guidance that we are speaking of has yet another level another level and it is the final levels of the levels of guidance and it is al hidayatu yawm al-qiyamah is the guidance on yawm al-qiyamah ila tariq al-jannah it is the guidance on yawm al in the path to paradise and it is the path that connects to paradise, meaning here the bridge, the sirat, that we've been speaking about in this lesson. So he says, فَمَنْ هُدِيَ فِي هَذِهِ الدَّارِ إِلَىٰ سِرَاطِ اللَّهِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ أَلَّذِي أَرْسَلَ بِهِ وَأَنزَلَ بِهِ هُدِيَ هُنَاكَ إِلَىٰ السِّرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ أَلْمُوسِلْ إِلَىٰ جَنَّتِهِ وَدَارِ he says, so whoever is guided in the life of this world to the straight path of Allah, the one which He sent messengers with, and He revealed books with, then he will be guided on that path, on that straight path, which leads and connects to the His uh, abode, the, the the place of reward. So, in other words, it is. If you imagine the situation, in fact, there is a narration that Imam al-Shatabi brings in his uh, book Al-I'tisam. And as you know, there is the, uh, the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, عنه, where he said that the messenger drew a line in the sand. And then he drew a line, he said, this is a path of Allah, hadha Then he drew lines to the right and to the left. Now, there's some narrations that Imam al-Shatabi brings. And, he's, and and in, in some of those narrations, it is mentioned or the wording is that this path extends all the way and it continues right until it joins to paradise. So in other words, the path is, is a single path from the life of this world extending, continuing in the hereafter right until it joins to paradise. And so when we look at the speech of Ibn Al-Qayyim, we see that however you were guided, however you were in the life of this world, then that is exactly how you will pass over that bridge on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And every person is a judge for himself in that regard. Each person knows his own soul. Each person knows his, his own deeds. Each person knows his own righteousness and his sinfulness. And so just like he is in the life of this world, then he will like for like, that is how he will be guided or forsaken by Allah on that bridge on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So he says, فَمَنْ Hudiya, فِي هَذَا الدَّارِ إِلَىٰ سِرَاطِ اللَّهِ المستقيم. Whoever is guided in the life of this world to the straight path of Allah, which he sent messengers with and revealed books with, he will be guided likewise on that path that connects to paradise and the home of his reward. وعلى قدر ثبوت قدم العبد قدم العبد على هذا الصراط الذي نسبه الله لعباده في هذا الدار يكون ثبوت قدمه قدمه على الصراط المنصوب على متن جهنم so to the extent that a servant's feet are firmly planted on the path on this path that Allah has appointed for his servants in this life then likewise will his feet be firmly planted on the path that is affixed over hellfire. And in the way that he traverses upon this path, then likewise will be his the way he traverses upon that path. So everything is like for like. Every person will already know. you. you from this you will know, you already know the extent of your iman and taqwa and following the sunnah. You will already know what or how you will travel over that path on yawmul qiyamah. Everybody is a judge to himself. So therefore, there will be those who will pass like the lightning. And amongst them are those who will pass like the blinking of an eye. Amongst them are those who will pass like the swift wind. Amongst them are those who will pass like the very swift rider on horseback or camel. And amongst them are those who will run swiftly. Amongst those who will walk swiftly. Amongst those who will who will crawl, and amongst them are those who will be lacerated, harmed by the, by the thorns, but he will be saved. And amongst them are those who will be harmed and snatched by the fire. So let every servant look at how he is traversing on how he will traverse upon that path by looking at how he is traversing upon this path step by step, spun by spun. It is exactly the same. wifaqah. This is a befitting recompense. illa ma kuntum The ayah in the Quran, will you be recompensed except by that which you used to do? And let him look. Now he goes on to explain that on this path, there are two types of things that are going to snatch you. He says let him look at the shubuhat and the shahawat there are two things the shubuhat and the shahawat these are the ones that will divert him from the path in the life of this world the shubuhat are the doubts that you have the misconceptions that you have the deficiency in knowledge that comes from jahal the, the the shubha that you that you start having doubts about the the Iman and the Usul of Iman and doubts about the, you know, the, the affairs of belief and doubts about the Sunnah. Right, meaning that you are away from the, from the Tariqah, the path of the Salaf. You are upon the innovations and desires, the, the Shubuhat and the Ahwa, following Bid'ah, following Jahl, following other than Ilm and following other than what is authentic and correct, following uh, alien, foreign, misguided methodologies and beliefs. All of these are from the Shubuhat. These are the things that divert you from the path in one way. And the other things are the shahawat. The shahawat are the desires and the lusts that Allah has placed in the people. The love of things, of lusts and desires from food and drink and women and clothing and possessions and children and gold and silver and homes and possessions and things of that nature. These have been beautified in the hearts of men as a trial and a test. And so these are the second type of things in this life that deviate a person away from the truth. He might be a person of the sunnah, he might be a follower of the way of the salaf, he might be free from bid'ah and shubuhat and so on and so forth and desires and corrupt methodologies and false beliefs. But he is subject to shahwat. The shahawat, the desires and lust that take him the way of sin and disobedience and destruction and harm and corruption. Right? So he's taken by way of this. So he says, let him look at the shubuhat and the shahawat that take him away and hinder him from traversing upon this path in the life of this world, the straight path. Why? Because these same shubuhat and shahawat that are hindering him in this life, they become the spikes and thorns on that path on yawmul qiyamah. They are the spikes and thorns on either side of the, the, the bridge on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, they will snatch him and hinder him from passing over that bridge. So if the shubuhat and the Shahwat in this life, they increased, he was a person of doubt and misconceptions and following Bid'ah and Jahal, and he was a person who fell into sin and disobedience and falling into the Haram, then likewise on that bridge they will increase. On that path they will increase and come and snatch him. And then he says, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِظَلَّا lil لِلْعَبِيدِ And your Lord is not one who wrongs his servants. So he says, so therefore asking for this guidance comprises every goodness, asking for every goodness and being safe from every type of evil. And this is the end of the statement of Ibn Al-Qaim, rahim and this brings us to an end of the discussion Uh of this uh, belief in the Sirat, in the bridge, it is one of the major symbols of belief. And just as we said, and we keep mentioning, when we discussed the previous issues, the issue of the uh, Mizan, the scales, and the issue of the Hawd, the drinking pool of the Messenger, and likewise the, you know, this, the bridge, all of these are things which directly impact, impact our Iman, they affect our Iman, they affect our encouragement and our discouragement from from sin and disobedience. And so we believe in these things and as for those people who undermine beliefs in these affairs from the Mu'tazila and other than them because their intellects can't understand these things, these people really erode and undermine the faith that is in the hearts of the believers by which they become close to Allah, by which their hearts develop uh, hope And fear, and aspiration, and these kind of you know desires and feelings, which are healthy and wholesome to the iman. So, we conclude our discussion there today with the discussion of the sirat, and this takes us to the next issue of belief that Ibn Taymiyyah discusses, which is the fire and paradise, hellfire and paradise, as true as true. True and real existing created things, and that Allah from His wisdom, from His hikmah, He enters a servant into one or the other. So the connection is to Allah's wisdom, hikmah. And this therefore has a connection to the issue of Al Qadr. Al Qadr. So these things we will look at all together inshallah ta'ala in the next lesson. Paradise, hellfire. Allah's wisdom and justice and qadr. And all of these things we shall tie together inshallah ta'ala. And with that we conclude today. وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ نَبِينا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ